Yo, yo, what's going on, everybody? What's going on? What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Mike B, and welcome to another exciting episode of Open Mic Radio Podcast. As usual, we'll do another one of those fantastic cold openings. Um, this week, we're going to talk about, uh, I got my homegirl, Frankie French, is going to be on. Um, I'm trying to find um, a video. I'm trying to find this clip. I've no, I like to retweet things now. I retweet them in hopes to one day play them again and uh, this one here is out of a restaurant out in Baltimore um, a young man um, a young family went out to uh, have something to eat and the maitre d or the host the host decided that it would be a great opportunity to enforce the dress code even though there's a young lady with her boy um, not adhering to the dress code as well so here we go Nothing. Someone's already explained it to you. Okay, tell this to me again. You telling me we cannot eat here? So un unfortunately, we do have a dress code. Um, if you, you know, if you have some non-athletic choice. But that white kid out there can't eat here with his tennis shoes on and his athletic shirt. So we have to be allowed tennis shoes, but not not athletic shorts. He has one. You you telling me that's not an athletic shirt? Not that one, but you telling me that little boy who just ate here does not have on an athletic shirt. I'm sorry, I would, love, I would love for you to be able to come back and eat here. So you telling me my son can't eat here because he has an athletic stuff? No, no, just the shorts. I the point is, he was wearing a Michael Jordan shirt, which made it athletic. That's the only thing. It's just a regular t-shirt, but because Jordan is on it. Jordan, uh, it made an athletic t-shirt going on. It is, it is part of our dress code. We try to So it's it. only his shorts? Only the shorts can't be athletic? The shorts and the t-shirt, yeah. But the little boy has on an athletic, the little white kid that just sat out there has on an athletic, athletic tennis shoes and an athletic shirt. I, I understand that you're upset. If there's no, it's not that I'm upset. The little... So he started stuttering, which means he has lost his battle already. The boy out there had on athletic, you telling me it's no athletic weight. The little boy out there had on athletic tennis shoes and an athletic shirt. So why does he get to wear athletic wear and my son can't? I, I, again, I would love for you to be able to come back. Are you, do you live close enough for your son to change? No, I don't. I just want to know why it's different for my son. I, I understand how you feel. I, I, I don't want you to sympathize with me. I just want you to tell me why it's different for my son. I'm not looking for sympathy. I'm just asking no. you why it's different for my son. I understand. Then that little kid that was out there with athletic tennis shoes and... We, the t-shirt that the little kid was wearing, we don't consider that to be athletic t-shirt. Why? I, honestly, I did not get a good look, but it, it looked like a regular t-shirt. I have a video. Do you want to see it? If you would like to show it to me, I'm happy to look, but I... I, I, I do have to see My name is Deja Brown. And you're listening to the open mic, the open mic. podcast. Pop, 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 podcast. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, everybody, how y'all doing tonight? Or this evening or this morning, wherever time you listen to this, um, this show. 
and welcome to another exciting episode of the Open Mic Radio Podcast, 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 Yeah, man, just because you put Jordan on the t-shirt doesn't make it athletic. That dude got the stuttering in the opening monologue, the opening video. It's on my Twitter page. Follow me, B 757 on Twitter. He had on the mask. At least he was practicing good social distancing, and he cared about his customers because he had a mask on. I don't know if it was the N95, N95, but um, he had it on while maintaining a racist posture. Now, I'm not calling that man racist. I'm just saying that the young white boy that was out there eating dinner just happened to wear shorts just like the little black boy, just happened to have a t-shirt on like the little white boy. The only difference is that the little white boy didn't have Jordan on it. And if you're trying to say that just because Jordan has a t-shirt, he's on a t-shirt, makes it athletic, then that means a whole heap of people are in trouble because Jordan is on a lot of stuff. I wear Jordans. Are you telling me I can't eat at your restaurant if I wear a suit? Uh, 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 a suit and I have on my my Jordan 1's on because you, sometimes you wear Jordan 1's with a suit you can make it freaky make it freaky though yeah <laughs> man shoot man I'm just going to try to bring more awareness I have a small platform I got some I got 1's and 2's I have a small platform I think I could do this like I said in the cold open I got my homegirl Frankie French she's going to be on in a few minutes I want y'all to sit back relax going to pull yourself a nice warm drink or a cold beverage of the alcoholic type alcoholic type and we're gonna be right back uh, let's talk to my man real quick greg stevens take take it for me real quick man what's happening everybody it's your boy greg stevens aka black mayonnaise you're listening to the open mic podcast yeah yeah, welcome everybody. Welcome to the show, man. Thank y'all for coming out here this evening, this morning, or whatever. Whatever, wherever got you out here. Thank you for coming through. Thank you for spending a little time with me. Thank you for allowing me to be inside of your inside of your home, inside of your inside, inside your phone or your, your iPad or whatever. Hopefully y'all went out. Um yesterday I voted yesterday. Um, by the time you hear this, uh, it, I voted, what was yesterday? Uh, what was my time at? June 23rd. As, as, um, I'm June, recording this on June 24th. Uh, June 23rd, I went out and voted. And I love voting, man. I love voting. I want everybody to participate. I don't have time to talk to anybody who, who come out their mouth and make it publicly known they're not going to vote. If you're not going to vote, I have to mute you. I have to mute you off my life for a second. I had to put you on, this, on a Facebook snooze for 30 days because you can't you can't give me a, a legitimate reason without sounding like you smoked way too much weed prior to writing that post or writing that letter or calling me up and telling me you're not voting. And, and, and I, you can't give me a legitimate reason in my eyes. You know, um, you know, voting is one of those things that you have to exercise, just like physical fitness. You may not see the results right then and there, but if you keep practicing it and you keep working now, you keep um, putting forth the effort, eventually you're going to see results. I don't know if that analogy makes sense. It sounded good when in my brain. It sounded good in my brain. Then when it came out my mouth, and as I was saying, I was like, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in too deep on this analogy. I got to finish it. But, yeah, I went and voted uh, Tuesday, and it's, it's always a good feeling, uh, especially, like, the black ladies or the, the older black gentlemen who – you know, who probably marched with Malcolm and Martin, uh, part of the Poor People's Campaign, <laughs> the original one, Martin Luther King. And, um, 
and they see a young black man come in, you know, bouncer, especially if you bring your kids, oh, they, they light up. And I walked in the door, and um, it's a different process now thanks to COVID. So they have this big shield on, and then they have to, you know, you put the your ID up against the glass, and they beep it. And it's an older, it was an older black lady, too. So she was like, hold on, sugar, let me let me get my aim right. And then she's like, Doo-doo! and then it blew, and then she said my name and my address, you know, throw the procedure. She said, do you want a Democratic ballot or a Republican ballot? And I'm like, you know, throw them Ds on that bitch. And she gave me the Democratic ballot, and they gave me an ink pen. And then she's like, do you want a privacy folder, or do you just want to? I'm like, look, first of all, you already know what I came here for. I don't need no folder. You know what time it is. Just give me the ink pen. Give me the ink pen. Give me the paper. It's go time. She gave me all of it. I circled my uh, my choice. I can't tell you who I voted for, but he won. And then uh, <laughs> for uh, for my district. And um, as I was walking to the machine to slide it in, and they say once you slide it in, follow the arrows. Once you slide it in, the, once the flag come up, then it lets you know that your vote has been processed. And then boom, go over there. So as I was walking up, it was an older white lady. And it was an older black lady. And when I was walking up, the older black lady was like I got this one, and she was like, "Go ahead, sugar." And she had this, but she had this proud smile on her face, like she was really enthusiastic to see me vote. And um, I, I slid in there, and the flag came up. I gave her the thumbs up, and she was like, "Okay, drop your pen there, and um, pick up your sticker." And I picked up my sticker. It took me less than three and a half minutes to do all of that, and I rode my bike, so I still had mad time to get my uh, cardio in. I said all that to say, man. Look, even if you don't want to vote, go vote. I've never heard a Republican say, uh, I don't see a reason to vote. I've never heard a Republican say that. I've never heard a white person say that there's no reason to vote. I've never heard anybody of any opposition, opposition party other than our own kind, our own people, our own race, our own um, people um, say, you know, I don't see a reason to vote. I've just never seen it. And we have to get out of that habit and we have to break that chain. Um, I'll talk more about that as we um, move into the show. Anyway, Thank you for my, <laughs> thank y'all for listening. I don't know why I went down that path, but I was just really excited to vote, and uh, I just thought I want to, I want us to do a little better, you know. So I'm gonna take a step back. We're gonna be right back with our homegirl Frankie Finch on the Oh My Radio podcast. <laughs> and we're back, everybody. Thank y'all for um, tuning. In. I hope you got your drinks in your whatever you have to um, enjoy this um, next few minutes of the show. Um, this next person I got, I'm, I'm bringing on, I've, I, I, I admire her not only from afar, but from up close. One of my homegirls in comedy. I always love to see her uh, whenever I see her. It's a breath of fresh air. One of my good friends in comedy. We, we, uh, I always call her the French that is Frankie, but y'all all know her. But three guys on, start clapping right now from, for my homegirl, Miss Frankie French, everybody. What's up, Frankie? <laughs> Hello, sir. <laughs> Hello. All right, Frankie. Look, you about to do that's that. That's why I talk now. That's why I talk now that I'm Hey, look, look here, Frankie. Look, listen. Look, what you're not going to do is come on my humble, my, my humble 40 subscribe podcast and Frank and, and and Frankie me. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Of course, I'm going to do that. I'm 100 percent going to do that. Of course. <laughs> Uh, real quick, uh, like I do with all my guests, I I call this part of the uh, interview. I like to call it the um, giving people their flowers while they're upright. I, I, I'm so often we always give people their flowers when they're dead and gone, and they can't even sniff them. Uh, I remember when Frankie French backstory, God backstories. I remember when Frankie French first started, and to see from where she started from to where she is right now. I'm talking about NBC diversity winner. I'm talking about all over the billboards, all up in LA, just on everything. 
um, <laughs> from 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 beginning to like right now. And if and there was a period in there that we're not gonna get into, but there was a period in there it was like rough. And then just to see all of that, to see what's happening right now, I'm extremely proud to um to be Thank a witness. You. And um, you know, I just can't wait till I'm able to carry one of your bags or. You know, I don't, I don't, you know, maybe, you know, let me hold your cell phone while you're on stage. I don't know. You want need some water? I don't know. <laughs> Get me a towel. I don't know. I could be that guy. <laughs> you are hilarious. I'm actually, um, I'm actually working on creating massive, mass opportunities for, for comedians. So you, you will never have to hold my bag. Um, yeah, you'll, you'll definitely be <laughs> on, you, you're definitely on my list of, uh, you know, people that, to, that I can present real opportunities to. Um, but, yeah, thank you for that amazing introduction. That's exciting. You know, things are rough again. You know, FYI, with COVID and, shut. you know, I think like most entertainers or um, people in the arts uh, that, you know, who perform in real life, uh, mm -hmm. this has been a struggle, I think, for everyone. Unless you have a day, you know, I don't currently have a day job, unfortunately. Um you know, so I had invested all of my everything and time into comedy. And then, you know, which was the right thing to do, right? And yeah. then I got this huge opportunity. And then literally a month later, the world shut down. So, you know. Yeah. But I don't think trying to make it pop. Trying to make it do what it do. I don't, I don't look at it as the world shut down, you know? Uh, I look at it as a, as a hard reset. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> I just For look at sure. I just like it just, you know, hold, hold the control the, the least. They just... <laughs> Yeah, wasn't even control all the leaves. They just ripped all the wires from the wall. Like it's Yeah, just like let's just unplug the earth for a little bit, like for thirty seconds, plug it back in and erase the settings. Let's go back to factory reset. That's what it is. Just as a nice factory re yeah. Yeah, we are definitely yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, I can agree with that. Or uh, jerseys. But um yeah, I, you you hop right in you hopped into the earth I want to talk about, man. But uh did you, hey, did you vote yesterday? I did. I've, I've voted every opportunity I've had to vote since I was 18. So yeah, absolutely. Oh, and always I bring it up because um, because uh, uh, I was uh, I went to go vote. Do you have like the one black lady or the like the young black, the older black man or older black lady that's at the poll office that gets excited <laughs> when you walk in the door? No, we, I I live in like the whitest part <laughs> of Whiteville. <laughs> So, you know, but I will say that the white people like th this new um, th this new current this current shift in the climate of the United States. I I'm, I'm loving it. You know, it's like it's better than McDonald's. I'm loving it. Yeah. And, um, you know, one of the things that I've noticed is that, uh, you know, while all the while white folks are saying that white privilege isn't a thing. Mm -hmm. um, I think we can all agree that 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 non-existent white privilege is slowly dribbling into the black community. So I don't know if you notice this, but when I, when I go out and there's a substantial amount of white folks and I'm the only black, mm -hmm. um, they tend to just, anything I need, like they just have this look on their face, like, we're here for you, anything you need, <laughs> they move out of your way. Like, it's, it's amazing. So no, I didn't, I didn't have the older black woman or man. I know what you're talking about because I have seen that in, in years past. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's just a sea of smiling white faces you know, damn near close to throwing me a ticker tape parade because <laughs> they love black people so much. So, yeah, it's uh, it, it was crazy. I went to the uh, polling place and like uh, I, the black lady literally pushed the old white lady out the way just to give me the smile. And it's like <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Just like that's why I didn't see, I didn't see <laughs> young black people out there voting. 
Uh, <laughs> she did. Yeah. She, she did. Yeah. It's amazing. I don't understand people who don't want to vote, but it's, it's whatever. Uh, I don't have the the mental capacity anymore to have those kind of those kind of conversations. I just I just hit the snooze button. I mean, I don't I don't know what to say about that. Here's what I know. I know that all of our ancestors had to fight, die, be brutalized for this right. Mm-hmm. So I think that it's disrespectful to that movement and to their memory to now not take advantage of that opportunity. It's like choosing not to go to school and educate yourself. Yeah. You know, that's, you know, why would you do that? You know, and until things are better and we have better systems in place, I'm going to utilize what's here. I'm going to exercise my right. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, that's just my... Yeah, it worked out in Virginia. I mean, I mean, sure. I mean, I call him Governor Blackface, but I mean, Governor Blackface has turned everything around. We're like blue, blue. <laughs> like, like we're like blue blue like blue like we like lgbt rights uh we got vote you know voting is a holiday now uh state holiday uh mm-hmm. juneteenth is a state holiday now uh I'm, I'm like yo all it took was him to go blackface and then we you know we march on him telling him to lose your job hey man you gotta resign he's like nah i ain't gonna resign but i can educate myself i mean he doesn't <laughs> really have a, he doesn't really have an option to like you know, subtly address any of these issues. He's got to go full force. You know what I mean? He's he, how he, the way he went full blackface. He's got to do the inverse of that with every issue that comes up. You know what I mean? So yeah. the blackface is actually cool that he did it. You know what I mean? It's like okay, well, excellent. Now we can just tap a keg into that white guilt that you're feeling <laughs> and just drink and drink for yeah, Drink for me and all my mates. Yeah. <laughs> Because he's like, I, I saw him on MSNBC. He was like, yeah, I had to go educate myself. And uh, you know, I read some books. You know, I read. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, this dude went in. And he was like, yeah, we just got to educate ourselves. But he had that Southern slave master accent. And he was just like, yeah, I just had to read up. So it was cool. But um, enough about that, Frankie. Look, look. Um, you won the Stand for Diversity contest. How was that? Yeah. How was that? Like, how was that feeling? Like, because you know, like, we talk offline. Uh, it's, it's being spurts because you know we, we we like we don't talk that often. Like we talk for like five or ten minutes, and then cause we're both bad at small talk. <laughs> True. <laughs> we're both. Very, well, you know what it is. It's not, it's, it's not even that I'm bad at it. I just hate it. Yeah. I, don't, I don't like small talk. I like having real conversations with people. Mm-hmm. So you know when it when it comes to small talk, I'm okay with pleasantries. Yeah. Like hello, how are you? And then let's move the fuck on or let's get deep. You know what I mean? Let's talk about our childhood trauma or let's walk away. What are we going to do? Yeah. I don't, I don't like, I don't like small talk, but, um, how does this, I mean, you know, it's, it was an amazing process. It was unbelievable. It, it, you know, it's one of those things that's, it's just very surreal. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I had no expectation of even, um, going to audition that year. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually had boycotted. This is what, this is gonna be funny. I had boycotted the stand up NBC program. <laughs> oh, it's so funny to me now. But I auditioned 2014, 15, 16, and 17, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's right. Um, and I, I, three years I didn't pass at all. And the last year I went, I submitted tape beforehand and mm-hmm. got invited for, for the callback round. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't get a callback from that. So I didn't go 2018. And when I was talk, I had friends I would talk to about it. And a couple of people I knew, they, were, they would say things like, well, Frankie, you shouldn't be putting your energy into that because it's rigged. It's all rigged. It's all fake. 
the only people that win or even pass through are people that have management. They already kind of know who they're, who's going to be the quote-unquote winner before they do all this. This is just ways that they like to make comics jump through. Who And, I, you know, and you hear enough shit for yeah. long enough. I'm sorry, am I allowed to say the S word? Oh, hey, it's, it's, it's like 40 subscribers are good. <laughs> okay. We're small um, but mighty. <laughs> So if you, if you hear the same thing enough times, mm-hmm. you, you, you'll you start to believe it, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, so I started getting that in, in my brain and believing that, believing that, you know, and I was like, you know what? It probably is rigged. Fuck that contest. I'm not, I'm never going to audition again. And then let's fast forward or let's actually rewind back to 2018. I had gone to L.A. for... Uh, to perform at the Hollywood Improv for the first time with um, Marcella. Uh, hold on, let me pull up her name because I always mispronounce her name. She's a wonderful human, and I am trash because I can't remember how to spell her name. It's <laughs> awful. So it's spelled, her last name is spelled A-R-G-U-E-L-L-O. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to, I think that it's pronounced Arguello. Aguayo? That's not, that's good enough for I government. Think. That's good enough for government work. I think that's good. I think I believe. Um, so her name is Marcella Arguello, but again, her last name is spelled A R G U E L L O, and she um, used to produce a show called um, Woman Crush Wednesdays. Okay. At the Hollywood Improv in their lab room, and so um, you know, I submitted a tape. She invited me to come down, and it was like right around my birthday, so I went down there for like a whole week, and and it was great. Anyway, so I, I, um, while I was down there, I went to the Laugh Factory, right? Again, this is 2018. I go to the Laugh Factory, and I'm sitting in there. And you ever, you, you ever know how you've been at a, a show? Uh, maybe it's a mic. Maybe it's a showcase or an actual show. And you see a comic you've never heard of before, and they just blow your mind. Yeah. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. So I was in that exact position. I'm watching the show. And this comic, Mike, his name is Mike E. Winfield. He's on stage. And now, mind you, at the moment at, at the moment that I'm watching him, I don't know his name. And I'm watching him, and he's just ripping the stage apart. It's like systematically destroying the audience, right? So I'm, and I'm like, yeah, like I lo- yes, I love this. And all while wearing the most perfectly padded afro i've ever seen in my life it was perfectly <laughs> round mm-hmm. it was like the civil rights movement was just sitting on his head right mm-hmm. so i'm watching so he gets off stage and he steps outside and because i'm an insane stalker excuse me i of course follow him out because you know me mike i have to go and tell you how wonderful you are yeah absolutely so i, <laughs> I step outside and i'm talking to him a little bit and Someone else walks by and, and turns to him, oh, hey, man, congratulations. And then he keeps moving. So I was like, oh, what is he congratulating you for? Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, I just won stand-up NBC. And I was like, oh, shit. I was like, wow. Now, mind you, this is 2008, the first year that I didn't go audition since mm-hmm. I had started comedy, actually. And so I'm like, I'm like, oh, wow. So I'm talking to him about it, and he's just, like, making it sound like this wonderful experience. So I say to him, I said, you know what? I'm going to audition next year, and I'm going to win that shit, right? Yeah. This cheeky, offhanded statement, whatever. Mm-hmm. So that happens. I go back to my regular life, and fast forward to 2019, and I actually had come down to New York for a show that Friday. I was booked at Sunny Stand Up New York, 
And I was just going to go there for a show. And I was actually planning on coming right back that following morning because a friend of mine had passed away. And her funeral was that Saturday afternoon, right? Yes. So I get up there. Um, I do the show. And a friend of mine, my friend Chewy May out of New York, she's a comic. She comes to my show. And she's like, hey, Frankie, um, instead of staying at my house, why don't we sleep in the streets of New York and sit in line and go audition for stand-up NBC? And I was like, ah, you know, I was like, ah, I think I, I was like, I might just take the bus back tonight. Like, I don't know. And she's like, come on, just do it. So I'm like, fine, whatever, whatever, let's do it. So I sit in that long, dirty, stink ass line all night. I look like a homeless vagabond the next day, right? I look <laughs> disgusting. Um, uh, I'm dirty, smell like literally been sleeping outside. So everything's disgusting. Yeah. And. I, I now every year prior to that, I had like worked myself to the bone trying to refine and get the perk because you only get one minute for your first audition. Yeah. So I, I would I would spend days upon days upon night after night after night trying to refine and get this perfect one minute, right? Mm-hmm. And so this time I'm really not even tripping about being there. I'm just kind of trying to satiate my friend, you know, have a place to sleep right for the night and just get to the next morning so I can get on a bus. I can fail in this inter- in, in this audition, get on the bus, go home, and say goodbye to my friend, right? Yep. So I write some jokes. I'm like, whatever. I'm like, I'm just going to think of some stuff I think is funny, and I'll talk about it when I get on stage. So I, I open with, um, and, it, and I had right at that, that weekend, I had actually just found out my um, the, my uh, ancestry.com DNA results. Mm-hmm. And it, I, I'm 25% Irish, which is fucking weird, right? Like, what? <laughs> so, right. I have, so I still have so many questions about that. But anyway, um, so that was my opening bit. I was like, you know, I just found out. Oh, I just got my DNA results back, found out I'm 25% Irish, which I thought was weird until I remembered I got my DNA done at 23 and Me too. And that just leveled the room, right? Yeah. And then I, I said a bunch of other stuff that I had thought about um, while I was waiting. And it was a great set. Like, I'm not even going to front. Like, it was a fantastic one minute. And so um, I got the call back. And then I, I, they gave us two minutes. So I tacked on my roommate joke to the end of the stuff I had done, um, which brought me to two minutes. That went really well. Then um, this is all in the same weekend, mind you. So it's like a whirlwind. So that was Saturday. We had the two auditions, and then Sunday – oh, no, 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 sorry. We had the one audition Saturday. Sunday, we came back for callbacks. That Monday, we had the semifinals at um, Gotham, I want to say it was. Mm-hmm. And uh, come to find out that Mike E. Winfield was the headliner. So they had me go up right before him, and uh, after he comes off, he comes up to me, and he's like, holy shit, Frankie. He's like, fuck, man. He's like, I could barely follow you. And I was, and he's like, I remember me. He's like, didn't we meet before? And I was like, yes, we met right after you won. So anyway, we went through that <laughs> whole conversation. And I was like, can we take another selfie? And then, so I have like a, a, a 2018 and 2019 kind of side-by-side selfie pictures of me and Mikey. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so it was kind of cool. It was a very interesting whirlwind experience. Um, it was It was fantastic. And NBC has been... Crazy supportive, um, yeah. It's, it's wonderful. It's really wonderful. Okay, okay. Yeah, I just, I just it's, does that it's, does that answer it? Does that, does that answer everything? That, that was a very thorough answer, actually. That was one of the most thorough answers I ever got in my life. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm, I'm, I'm listening to you, and it's funny because uh, I'm, I'm a hearkening back um, 
to when you said that, you know, you got into your head a little bit because you listened to others, uh, you know, basically like put down the contest, you know, in the beginning. And you're like, oh, man, you know what you write. You know, I, I, I know that feeling when you when you like listen to different people and then it, it seeps into your head that, you know, a, mm-hmm. a particular system is rigged or a contest is rigged or this person don't really rock with you. You know, just different little things that, you know, people would say. And uh, it took me, actually, I just learned this. I just, un- I had to unlearn this. And just, you know, and I tell anybody now that ask me, I want nobody asking me anything, but when they ask me, I'm like, look, man, just do it. Get, create your own experience because your experience is your experience. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and my experience is my experience. Yeah. So, you know, you, you know, it's good that you was able to, like, you know what, let me just go ahead and just do it again, whatever. We'll see what happens. And, you know, I'm going to win it. And then, boom, here you are winning it. <laughs> yeah well yeah yeah i mean it, it's um i think a lot of it for me was getting out of my own way yeah i was um you know oftentimes i think this happens to a lot of uh entertainers in general but i think it um happens to comics more because we see we are made to feel like there are not that many spots and opportunities to get yeah so you know we feel like we have to change and conform and kind of ebb and flow with what we what we think that the powers that be want yeah. right mm-hmm. and then when we're not getting opportunities then we start creating this conversation in our mind of self-doubt like well it's not the industry it's you you need to change something else you didn't change the right thing you need to adjust this thing you know we, we start telling ourselves that that bullshit story and then what i found to be the truth is that be the best version of yourself fuck what anyone thinks Forget and, and I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. I'm not saying like you know, don't um, you know, don't entertain people. That's not the point. The point is that don't worry about what people want. Yeah. Don't worry about what other people are doing. All of those things are irrelevant. If you're talented, if you really have an ability to be great at a thing, mm-hmm. then then drive towards that. That should be your goal. Your goal should only be being the best version of that thing that Frankie can be or that Mike can be, right? Yeah. Not don't you can't I can't worry about what Mike's doing or getting. I can't worry about what, you know, Randolph is doing or getting because it has nothing to do with me. Yeah. Even if we're both up for the same opportunity. Yeah. If you get it, that's because it was you for you and it was yours to get. It has nothing to do with me. Uh, you know what I mean? So what I've been doing in quarantine is kind of is, is creating my own opportunities. Um, you know, so yeah. yeah, that's just my two cents. No, that's cool. And I'm glad you said that. Cause we said way into the part where I was about to get all in your business about, uh, what, what have you been doing since the quarantine? I know you have the show debatable as fuck. Um, uh, well, it's mm-hmm. debatable AF hashtag debatable as fuck. Um, you have a, another <laughs> show cause it started off in one club and now it was in the West side comedy club is supporting it now as well or well it's, it's, it started off just independent it was just me doing zoom and sharing them well i only independently i only shared one live to facebook and that one kind of exploded but um it was just me doing it and then i approached west side comedy club actually i approached west side comedy club and dc improv mm-hmm. and um i thought just from their track record with being supportive of local talent yeah. i just thought better of it and just actually, you know, kind of send a follow-up email like, you know what, I'm good, my bad, I shouldn't, you know, don't worry about it. And then I, um, you know, was just so quickly welcomed 
by Westside Comedy Club. And you can delete the club names if you want. I don't want to create any um, oh, no, division wanna... with your brand. I, I don't, I, I, uh, well, no, I just don't uh, want to sully your brand in any way. I don't, you know me, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I don't. The... That's cool. I just don't edit. Yeah, I say I just... all the names. <laughs> huh? I just don't do any post-production to the podcast. So it's like, hey, it is what it is. Oh, my bad. Well, yeah, the thoughts and opinions of Frankie French are her own. Mike Brown has nothing to do with what Frankie French thinks and says. Please continue to book Mike Brown. He's a wonderful human. Hashtag promote Mike B. I need that promotion. So, that's the screamer out there. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't I don't worry about that stuff. I, um, talk, talk your shit, Frankie. Uh, so, <laughs> you're hilarious. So I, I now partner with Westside Comedy Club. Actually, Capital Last was helping me before. So yeah. it was independent with me and the Capital Last when I had partnered. Sorry, I didn't mean to disrespect them. But, you know, Jack was very helpful, you know, getting people to, to watch it, promoting the show. And um, I just wanted something just a little easier in terms of like, hey, all I do is I log, I book the talent, I log in, and, you know, she will help me get talent as well. But Typically, I book all the seats, and it's, it's been really fun. We started off as a show to discuss the, the show Black as Fuck, hashtag Black as Fuck. Yeah, and I still haven't did watched that it. For about the first, huh? Still haven't watched it. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't. Even, I don't even know why I agreed to this interview. I really should choose my I should choose who I align myself with a little bit better. This is disgusting. I like watch one episode. I watch one episode. I, I just... Uh, I'm not. I'm, I'm not one of people that's like, oh, it was trash or whatever. I just, I have a very short attention span, so it was like I watch one episode and then it's like, all right, I get back. To, I get back to this. <laughs> I just haven't gotten back to it. Okay, you're not helping. You're making it worse. It's like <laughs> if you spill grease on a silk shirt and then you try to rub it out. Yeah, you're making it worse. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's still I'm not greasy. liking you more now. It's, it's still greasy. It's still greasy. <laughs> you're greasy. <it's> still <laughs> yeah. But no, no, go ahead. You was, uh, that was debatable. Anyway, yeah. so I, I did debatable as fuck with Westside Comedy Club. And now now it's a well-structured debate show. Okay. So now the flow of the show, we, we do a, um, usually we dig into like a heavy topic in the opening of the show. Mm-hmm. And then the last two topics are typically something lighter and, and funnier that we can kind of banter back and forth with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've gotten to have really amazing guests on the show. Like Judy Gold did the show just a couple of weeks, uh, the week before last. I had Alice Wetterland on there. Um, she's now on Space Force. I had uh, Jackie Fabulous, who was just recently on America's Got Talent. Um, Brittany Denise, or Brandy Denise uh, from Power. Oh, yeah. uh, um, Tehran, who is just a powerhouse. He's amazingly intelligent and incredibly funny. Um, yeah, so I'm going to have some really incredible, amazing talent on the show. And, you know, it's really a blessing because of COVID. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, people are home and looking for things to do. So, I got a, I have a funny story about the Brandy Denise. Uh, I opened up for her and um, James Davis at the uh, Comedy Loft. Uh-huh. Real funny story. So, um, uh-huh. it's the second show of, of the Friday night. It's the Friday night show, second show, right? And I don't know if mm-hmm. I was, like, tired Cause you you know I work my day job, but then I'm I you know how I go on the weekends. You work your day job, and you go directly to the comedy club. If you got if you're hosting, if you're doing the weekend, whatever. So all right, I don't know if I'm tired or whatever, but for some reason I forgot her last name. Denise just didn't register to me, so I do my you know my sad <laughs> front, and I was like, and um, uh, y'all ready for your feature this evening? And they're like, yeah, you know, and I'm, I had a pretty good set. 
And I was like, fuck, man, what's her name? And, I, and my, one of my cheat moves is sometimes I would put, like, the, um, the, um, the, the people on the show as a screensaver, like their names and, like, their credits <laughs> as my home screen. So I would grab my phone and then I would Hilarious. look at it. I would look at it real quick and then I was like, boom, right? But I didn't do it this time. I was cocky. I was in my Joe Biden voice. I was being cavalier about it. I was too cavalier. So I go so I go uh this next comedian coming to the stage. She you might catch her on power. Uh real funny lady. I want y'all to start clapping right now for Miss Brandy and like I have a I have a blank. And I'm like, Brandy Jenkins. Shut up. <laughs> Please. <laughs> So I call her Jenkins, right? She goes on stage. That's hilarious. She rips me apart for like 10 minutes. I'm like, oh. She's like, yo, it's Brandy Denise. I'm like, fuck, I'm sorry. And like, like I'm like, so because I'm not to toot my own horn, toot toot. I'm one of the best hosts in DC, whatever. And so <laughs> I'm very professional. Like, this is, this is, you know, people put me on the big shows because I don't make these kind of mistakes. I was too cavalier. So she gets right, off, so exactly. She, so she gets off stage, and um, I'm like, and you know, I bring up James, and I come back I'm like, yo, I'm so sorry, I don't normally do this. I'm tired. She's like, how did you come up with Jenkins? And like, without blinking, this how you know, like I'm buried for too, long. I've been buried for too long. Like without blinking, I'm like, it just sounded right. <laughs> that was my answer. Like uh, every but black woman. The thing is, it sounds right right now. I'm I, right now. I think her last name is Jenkins and not Denise. Yeah. It's That's like, hilarious. <laughs> like it just sounded right. I don't know. It's like you're black. You're a black lady. It just seemed like there's a Jenkins in your family. Like it just sounded right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And like we both laughed and we did did a couple of TikTok, Instagram stories, and you know they should follow me on Instagram. Whatever. But the point is, <laughs> but the point is, uh, that is so funny. But uh, but yeah, that was that was uh, every time I every time I hear her name because she did a Tommy show or whatever. I always bring up that story, and it's 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 hilarious to me. It's like that one blumber, blooper in my um in my career that I remember. It was like, oh shit, that was embarrassing. That's she, <laughs> she's fantastic. Though. Yeah, yeah. She's yeah. a she's a really down to young lady. She's she's great. I really enjoy her. I met her um, just r- randomly one night hanging out at the comedy store, and Brandon Brody, you know Brandon Brody. Yeah. Yeah, you know Brandon. Oh, yeah, know Brandon. Um, he was there. She was there. I didn't know Brandy, um, but we they have a like a, a black comic night kind of thing. At, I can't remember the name of it. I sound like such a shitty person right now. But they have it at the comedy store. I want to say it's on Tuesday night. I'm not going to plug it because I don't know what I'm talking about. But I know it was a, like a black comic-centric um, uh, show. Mm-hmm. It was fucking fire. The energy in the room was just banana. It was so good. Just such a good environment to be in. I wish I could remember the name and the night just so I could plug it. Um, so my apologies to the guys that run that. I am very sorry. I want to say Michelle, um, what is her name? Or Nichelle. Nichelle, hold on one second. I'm going to tell you right now. Nichelle, Nichelle Johnson, I want to say, or Nichelle, Mur- Nichelle Murdoch. Nichelle okay. Murdoch is one of the producers of it. For sure. She's one of the producers of it. She's a wonderful black lady. Powerhouse. Amazing. But she's one of the people that runs it. Anyway, um, I'm sitting in the audience. I see this adorable little munchkin get on stage, right? <laughs> and you know, you know me. You know, I'm sitting there like, uh, okay, supermodel, just say your dumb jokes and get the fuck, you know. Yeah. Let the real comics come to the stage. You know what I mean? Get mosey on now. So, Everyone. <laughs> right. She gets up there, and this is what I get for being prejudiced, right? She gets up there and motherfucking destroys. 
had, and you know, I don't laugh at shit. It's got to be really funny. Yeah. And had me, I was, it was hilarious. I was dying laughing. So I chopped it up with her a little bit after, and the Brandon was like, oh, homegirl meet homegirl, homegirl meet homegirl. Like, y'all are good people. Y'all should link up. And so we exchanged numbers, like, right then and just been cool ever since. Okay. Okay. Yeah. She, um, yeah, when I talked to her, yeah. um, we, we did that weekend. Yeah, she was cool and everything. Um, you know, I always consider myself like the, uh, I don't, I don't know. I try to be helpful. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know what you say? I try to be helpful. I don't know. I don't know. Like, you you good? You straight? I don't, I don't, I, when it comes to, uh, I don't know, I, like this guardian angel of women comics. I don't know. It's like, um, like, yo, you good? You straight? You good? Did you get your money? I, I turned to like a dad for some odd reason. I don't know. Like, you good? Mm-hmm. You, did you get your money? You, are you, you good? All right. All right. You, 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 all right. I'm going now. I don't know. I, I just get. I turn into that thing. I love that. Yeah, I turn into that thing. I love. We need that. <laughs> I remember. Uh, who else? We to? need that. Okay. Okay. I don't remember. I don't. Well, I'm not gonna say their names. I remember the names, but it was like, uh, yeah. Because when I first met you, I, I it, you came across like you was trying to fuck me. I'm like, no, that's not the thing at all. I just what? Make sure, I just want to make sure everybody's straight. <laughs> you good? You've never come up. Who said that? Whoever said that wants to bone you. Okay, let's just be very straight. You have never come off like that with anybody. I've never seen that. Yeah, you know? yeah. That's what make sure you everybody you straight. You straight. You good? All right. I'm, did you get? Did you, you need to ride, walk to your car. All right. Cool. Well, I'm going home. Bye. Be safe. Exactly. <laughs> that, that's me. Um, you walk. You walk me to my car. If we're ever on a show together, you always walk me to my car. That's kind of like. I expect you now to walk me to my car. If you don't, I'm going to call your wife and be like, um, <laughs> he did not walk me to my car tonight. Like, it's going to be a problem. Yeah, I tried to. Uh, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't know where that came from. I, I, well, I know most of it came from my granddad, but the other part. You uh, were raised right. <laughs> yeah. The, the other part is like, um, yeah, I don't know. We ain't going to get to that. But, uh, but that, that's, that's, the, uh, that's, that's the gist of that. But, yeah, uh, debatable as fuck. Um, um, we're going to take a short break, and by short break, I mean ten seconds because I have drops. I have drops. I'm very professional. I have drops. Let's do it. I'm into it. Let me take a. I need one. Here we go. Is this it? Let's go. That's not a good one. Uh, let's see. Where are my drops at? But yeah, we will take a quick break. Be right back. Oh shit! You know I just found. Are we we on the air right now? Yeah, we're still on. Oh, never mind. Okay, I can't say that then. No, hold on. This is your girl, Candace with a K, August like the month. You can catch me uh, on the interwebs at www.prettyfunnyent.com. I am here chilling with my folks, Mike B, on the Open Mic Radio Podcast. Follow him on the web. And we're back. Welcome back, everybody, to the Open Mic Radio Podcast. I got my homegirl here, Miss Frankie French, the French that is Frankie. Uh, as I call her from time to time. Hey. <laughs> and um, Frankie, you've also crossed over, and not only are you a comedian, not only are you a diversity, NBC Diversity um, Comic of the Year winner, not only are you well-traveled, seasoned um, comic, you have now turned into an activist. <laughs> <laughs> you've turned it's into not a... even. You know what? I was, I was raised in activism, so it's not new. I just, you know, early on in comedy, I kept my activism to myself. Yeah. Um, just because, you know, I was so, I guess, kind of figuring out who I was as a comic, what I wanted my brand to be, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I didn't want to mix, I didn't want to mix the two too much. But you know, I think as well as anybody that 
have a very well-documented history of letting the white people know what the fuck time it is, probably about every three months or so. Yeah. <laughs> um, before kind of all of this, I'd be like, okay, they're jumping out there too far. And then I would, you know, do my long kind of essay style post with pictures, appropriate tags, you know, and all of those things and let, you know, everybody kind of eat themselves. And that was probably the extent of my activism publicly, right? Mm-hmm. Privately, you know, there's always been something going on, something happening. Um, but with this, with this, this moment that we're in right now, it, this is an all hands on deck situation. Yeah. You know, and um, unbeknownst to most people, I was actually pregnant at the start of, um, at the start of the uh, pandemic or sorry, at the start of the lockdown and I lost the baby. So, um, you know, and that's due to like the trauma with everything that was happening in the news and just not being able to eat, not being able to sleep, losing weight. Like it was, I just got really sick. Okay. Well, I'm sorry um, to hear that. This is breaking news for me. This is breaking news. This is, this is an exclusive. I didn't, yeah, this I didn't is know. definitely breaking news. This is absolutely breaking news, and I haven't really talked about it publicly, publicly yet. You know, certain people, like Randolph knew, um, or knows, rather, um, and, you know, Charity knows. A couple of people know, but it's not anything that I've talked about publicly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so people wondering, why, why isn't Frankie out protesting? Because I was pregnant and I couldn't be out in the streets like that. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and risk the life, my life, the life of my, my baby, right? So anyway, but I'm, I'm no longer pregnant. I miscarried, unfortunately. Um, and so now I'm just trying to get my health back to where I can, you know, do all that I can. But in the meantime, in between time, while I have been at home, um, I've, I have definitely been an online activist for sure. Um you know, and not not only that, but also, you know, working to raise money. I think we've raised over $1,000 so far mm-hmm. for um, the Black Visions Collective, which is a trans and queer uh, Black-centric um, activist group that mm-hmm. works towards uh, abolishing systemic racism for long-term change. Okay. Um, so, and I felt that was more most appropriate for me, uh, mainly because I'm bi, my daughter's gay, we're all Black, so it just felt like a nice way to kind of incorporate incorporate all of the most important things about my family into one um, route of activism. Mm-hmm. But I have a lot of other things actually in the works um, that I can't talk about just yet until things get a little more solidified. But it's, uh, it's, it's very, very, very exciting. And this is something that will affect comedy, I think, entertainment um, uh, across the country. Like, it's going to really change the game for everyone. Um, so I'm excited. I, you know, maybe you can have me back in a month or so and I can talk more in depth about it. But it's bananas. No one's done anything like it before. Um, you know, we have the city on our on our side with it. It's it's just going to be it's amazing and incredible. It's going to be incredible. Kinda, um, so, yeah. What kind of Issa Rae block party? We're doing a block party? I'm down for that. We're doing a block party? I mean, I can't. I, I, I really, I literally cannot say anything. But okay. it, just know that it's, it's going to be amazing. Okay, what kind of Dave Chappelle block party? We doing a block party like Dave Chappelle? And Dave? Oh, I can't. I can't wait. Look, I, look, don't, I, look. I got. I got a pair. Look, I'm. I'm. I'm for it. I don't even know what it is, but I'm. I'm. I'm excited to hear the the be to 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 at least be backstage handing out the the, the hot towels if anybody needs a hot towel. Um, Hilarious! <laughs> You're, that's so funny. But I mean, with, with what with what we're working on, there's space for everything. So the whole my whole thing, and I, I would like I, I appreciate you.
you let, allowing me to be on your platform. I would like to say this because I feel like a lot of people have been kind of shying away from me and a little nervous to be around me or whatever because of the way I've been speaking out in regards to the clubs, right? Yeah. And I want to be very, very clear about that. Yet, did I do that? Yes, I did. How do I feel about it now, having an opportunity to kind of go back and look at it? Very glad and very proud that I have been able to use my platform to speak out. I think it's important. I think that we, as entertainers, in any facet of, of work, you should be holding your employers accountable. And no, there is no one, no direct club, one individual club that we are accountable to. But the club scene, we all know, whether we want to admit it openly or not, we all know is rife with racism. Not to mention the gross sexual misconduct that happened. Yeah. You know, we're not even going to get that's a whole other messy pool of semen and blood. We're not even going to get into that. But there, it, it's just like the police systems that been built on racism so has the, the comedy club system you know and, and let's be honest about that black people weren't even allowed in comedy clubs let alone on stages okay mm. we have to fight for that ability to even get into the clubs to perform Hence the chitlin you circuit. know even now to this day when they have an all-black night at a club it's called nigga night and we all just accept that you know what i mean so mm. you know when 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 this movement started happening for, for racial equality, I just noticed that the clubs were silent. All of them, with the exception, I will say this, with the exception of Beer Baron, uh, James at Beer Baron was already vocal about it before I said anything. I think it's important to say that. Yeah. Um, and well, I will also say this, once I made that post, I made a post, if you haven't, if you don't know, and then I made a subsequent video. If you want to see the video, it's on my uh, Frankie French fan page on Facebook. Um, and I made a video, and it wasn't to be divisive. It wasn't a call to action to tell people, don't go to comedy clubs when everything opens. That's not what that was. The, what I was saying is that we work hard. Black people in general, regardless of what vocation they've chosen, ha are required to work harder, smarter, uh, better than any other ethnicity in order to get a little bit of what other people get. We have to work harder. That's the way that it, it has been. Mm -hmm. With that said, as hard as we work, we get substantially less in terms of representation, in terms of opportunities, in terms of pay, all of those things, right? Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I need, I'm going to need y'all to say something about black lives. I'm going to need that to happen. And I'm going to need y'all to actually put some something in place to represent that. Make your insides match your outsides. So I said something publicly. I named names. I called out specific clubs. And so that we're clear, this isn't, well, you know, Frankie doesn't really work at the improv, so she's probably just bitter and upset. No, because I, I work at the draft house often, at least once a month, at least sometimes more. I produce shows there. I've been partners with them for years, and I called them out as well. So this isn't about, you know, me exacting revenge or anyone or wanting anyone to fail. I don't. What I want and what I think is important, and not what I want, but what I think would make our scene and make uh, uh, this job better for everyone is some unity. Yeah. For us to really look at our history, you know, we need to do this as a country as well, but I, I can affect this, this small thing, so that's where I'm putting my focus. Uh, look at our history, do an autopsy of that history, eradicate the negativity, and find a positive way to move forward with unity. I think that that's important. 
you know, and, and I don't care who doesn't want to talk to me, who I make uncomfortable. It's really irrelevant because yeah. my whole goal is to make is for this to be better for all of us, not just for me. Well, well, now that I, now that I have you here, for me, uh, uh, for me, at first I didn't get it. I'll be honest with you. I was like, I don't understand why. Because for me, I'm like, yo, if they don't say it, you know, believe who they are. They once they show you who you are, that's who they are. I'm like, if you say it, just mm-hmm. cause, just because you say it doesn't mean you really believe it. You're just saying it to, you know, because it's the cool new thing to do. And then as time went along, mm-hmm. I was like, I kind of want you to say. It. <laughs> I kind of, right. yeah, I kind of, I kind of yeah, need you, you to say you, it. You need, I need, I'm going to need to hear it. Yeah. I'm, 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 because if you can't say it, that tells me everything that I need to know. If you are not able to say that, that tells me what I need to know. And if you are able to say it, you know what it tells me. Because a lot of people were feeling the same way, Mike. Like, well, just because they said it doesn't mean anything. And that's not true. Yeah. If you're at least saying it, like all of these incremental changes that are happening, the, the change with Uncle Ben's rights, Aunt Jemima, uh, writing Black Lives Matter on the road, all of those things. No, that doesn't make black people feel better. But you know what it does say? It says you're fucking listening. Yeah. It says I'm opening the lines of communication. Let's talk about it. That's what I hear. Yeah. So that lets me know, okay, I can approach Amazon about X, Y, Z because they have a vested interest in what's happening in black lives, right? Yeah. So let me go ahead and see if they'll sponsor this thing. Or I can now go and talk to, uh, you know, whoever at, and I'm using Beer Baron as an example because, again, they have always been supportive and they have always given opportunities to black and uh, other comics of color. I want to be and women. I want to be very clear about that. Um, and the LGBTQ plus community. I want to be very clear. But I'm using them as an example. If uh, James at the Beer Baron comes on and says it, um, cool. I know that I can approach him and say, hey, I'd like to throw a Black Lives Matter event. Do you understand what I'm saying? It opens yeah. the line of communication. It lets me know that you're listening and that you are. You may be willing to implement additional solutions into your business model to make things better for everybody. Don't I don't think we we are I don't think we should be so quick to dismiss the incremental changes people have been making. I'm happy to see those changes. Yeah. And because uh, and I don't know I don't I don't know the people that are like not talking to you or avoiding you or tiptoeing around or being political. Um, I actually talked about that on my other podcast too, um, my other episode I did. Um, well, I, uh, well, I talk talk about it in a second. I, I'm doing that thing when I only talk and have complete thoughts. I'm gonna get put a pin in that. Going back to this, <laughs> it's all good. Um, but um, but yeah, even um, like with that, well, even if people are like tap that, like tiptoeing around you, they didn't see the end result, which um, the owner of the club actually said, "Yo, we can have that open dialogue." When at first it was uh, comments were being deleted, they were being removed, and then the actual owner came on one of the posts. Um, Kyle was monitoring it, mm-hmm. and I shared it where it was like, "Yeah, we can have a you know have a dialogue." I'm I'm most certainly wouldn't mind having that dialogue, and um, mm-hmm. and even tagged your name and at you and you know all the other stuff you know they do on social media. I don't know, I'm old, but um, but yeah, but it's one of those things where it takes it, it, if you don't if you don't put it out there, then don't nobody know. <laughs> and if you're too scared, you know, right. and then if you're too scared to put it out, if you're too scared to put it out there, then don't nobody know. And then when you do put it out there, there's there's going to be a a, 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 a a section of the population that's going to just sit back and be scared, like, oh no, no she didn't, or no he didn't, or why they do that? You gonna up, upset the apple cart, you know? <laughs> but sometimes right. you gotta upset the apple cart to be able to get an apple, you know? I don't know if that's what apple right. cart carries. I don't know, but <laughs> but that's what that's I mean, what it's, it's such a weird comics have such a strange mentality. 
Yeah. I, you know, I've always, and I've taught my daughter the same way. You speak up for yourself. You advocate for yourself. I don't give a shit who you offend. Mm-hmm. You don't sit by with your mouth closed and your and your hands taped together and, and pretend to be powerless or view yourself as powerless. I don't think that it's my responsibility to placate to anyone, uh, co- other comics, clubs, anyone, for my peace of mind. And when I say my, I'm talking about the collective my, the we, us, yeah. black folks. Right. And yeah. other people, other disenfranchised group, groups right now, we're talking about black people. I don't think that I should have to sacrifice my humanity, my moral beliefs and what's right so I can work in a club. Fuck your club. Take it. I don't know. No, thank you. I don't want to work with you, as a matter of fact. Now that we've gotten to this point, I'm good. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand why we as a community and com- I don't get it. We have the weirdest mentality. Oh, shit. Oh, shit, Mike B is, oh, fuck, Mike B is brilliant for more rights for comics. We better, fuck that nigga, we better <laughs> go ahead and delete, block him, quick, block him, delete him. Let's, let's, uh, you know, and the comics were coming out publicly making these posts, admonishing my posts, not tagging me yeah. or specifically saying my name, but, you know, saying like, y'all need to leave Mass alone. <laughs> Let him have his club. I've worked at the club. Y'all needs to leave him alone. If he don't want to say Black Lives Matter, then he ain't got to say Black Lives Matter. We've all struggling, especially NASA. Now go Wallace. Pick up the cotton, go Wallace. <laughs> yeah, I'm not... I don't, you know what? I don't... I don't. I'm a, I just want you to know I don't understand why you had to get into that voice. I don't understand that part. I have to. I, I, I mean, I, have I, to. I, I get it. I just wish you would have gave me like a, like a text or something to say, hey, I'm about to go into... This voice, so I can like, no. be prepared. I didn't. No. <laughs> Never. And if you wouldn't mind, could you could you isolate that clip so we can play it? Just like we can isolate that clip and just play it for things. Like whenever we see somebody tune in, we can just pull that clip out, tell the story, and then add that vocal to it. Can we, can you do that? Please make just make a mental note of that. Oh, I'm gonna try because I've never really edited a podcast before. I thought I'm gonna give it a try, or I could just give it to. Um, Akaline, a.k.a. Andy Klein, to um, see if you can isolate that clip. <laughs> uh, yeah, give it to Andy Klein. You gotta pull that. You gotta pull that clip okay. because that that needs to be <laughs> overlaid on top of every coonish activity that we see going forward. I feel like, <laughs> you know, I, I feel like that needs to be every time you or I make a meme. I mean, fuck it. You know, well, let's share it with the world. Let everybody, you know, have access to it. <laughs> go on, go to Mike B, oldmikeb.com and buy that. That uh, every time you purchase, I get five five percent residuals. So go ahead, put it out there. <laughs> you, you, you know, see, and see how generous I am. I just want five percent off of each sale. That's all I want. I, I'll take that. I, 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 I think that's, I think we got a deal. I, th- I think we got a deal. Uh, I think it's, it's a hell of a deal. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's funny, too, now that you brought that up? Because um, there's also this stigma in comedy as well, especially amongst the black, com- the black community, where we um, there's only one spot. <laughs> like only one person could be up top, you know. It's like it, first it was Eddie, and then it was, and then it was Martin, and then when Martin fell off, then it was Cat, and then mm-hmm. Cat fell off, then it was Kevin, and then after that, then it was we don't know who's yeah. on top. And, and and I think that that that's like embedded in us because even like when I started, it was like man, you know, they only let one person up top, and that was, and then we as a unit, instead of working as a unit, we we work separately. And you know, crabs in the barrel to be in the one particular spot <laughs> that's like given to, that that they allow us to the one lucky person to have 
for a short amount, uh, short amount of time because it's only like a two to three, four or five year run. And then boom, then they mm-hmm. find somebody else. And I think we as a unit need to get out of that mentality of there's on, there's on, there can only be one when that mentality isn't across any other racial, um, racial or sexual types. It's just with the black community where there can only be one. And, you know, I, I, that's why I think it was important when you said what you said, because, I mean, everybody came out. What, who said, what, what you doing? <laughs> what you believe in, you know? Yeah, and that's the thing. Everybody did came out. And this this larger thing that I'm working on, I'm going to incorporate all of these venues into that. So they will be, ma- they are making steps. The, the ones that I've talked to, like DuPont Underground, Beer Baron, they are actually making steps to implement things within their organizations. So, so as I said in the beginning, their insides can match their outsides. You yeah. know what I mean? This is something that's actually important to them. Yeah. You know, so this isn't just it. And a lot of times what I think we fail to remember is that just like with anything else, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like when AIDS happened, okay? No one knew what that was, right? Yeah. It, it was predominant in the gay community. So the LGBTQ community knew what it was and they were rallying around it and rallying behind it. And out of fear, most other communities they were like, oh, shit, don't nobody want that homo disease. Kill the gays. You know what I mean? Which is yeah. a horrific response. Yeah. But once it started seeping into and affecting mainstream society, and I hate using the term mainstream, but once it started seeping into and affecting other demographics of people, people started waking up and going, oh, shit. And unfortunately, but truthfully, if we're being honest, sometimes it takes people to be affected directly. And what I mean by that is that we were all at home. We were, none of us were doing anything, and we were all, we were all forced to watch this man die. Yeah. And I don't care if you're black, white, Puerto Rican. I don't give a shit what your ethnicity is. When you see someone wallowing on the ground screaming and crying and begging for their mother, begging someone else for their life, yeah. you feel that. You feel that in your spirit. Okay? So what, in my opinion, my very humble opinion, what happened... Like I said, we were all at home and paying extra attention. And even in that moment, this moment of critical mass, these clubs that we work in didn't have enough thoughtfulness or desire even in their hearts to say, hey, you know what? We need to make a statement. They were making fundraisers to pay themselves and their staff so that they don't close. You can't make a fundraiser for BLM. You can't do a fundraiser for George George Floyd's family. You can't do a fundraiser to get justice for Breonna Taylor. You can't do a you can't donate some money to the NAACP uh, um, uh, damn it uh, bailout fund. You can't do any of those things. Mm-hmm. And I volunteered my time to the DC Improv to raise money for them. And I'm broke. Mm-hmm. Okay, so don't don't tell me that this is about me getting some shine or I'm just being divisive or I'm bored and that. No, I'm tired is what the hell I am. I'm tired. You don't get to keep ta- putting your hand in the pot and taking, 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 and not adding, adding anything to it, to the community. Now one, you know what, you know what the comedy store did? They did a big ass fundraiser, raised over a hundred thousand dollars. They invited all of the biggest names, virtual fundraiser for the comedian. Oh, damn. For their working comedians. Do you know that on the East Coast, not one club has thought, been thoughtful enough to put together any sort of fundraiser for comics that are out of work right now? 
Mm. I didn't even know that. Damn. Oh, yeah. See, that's the thing. I watch and I pay attention. I might not speak on something in the moment, mm -hmm. but I watch and I collect fucking data. I collect it and I think about it. I'm like, and I don't knee-jerk react, react to things. And I know that video, if you saw it, it may have seemed like I was very angry. And I was. And I won't apologize for that. I was angry. I am angry. I have just tempered my anger with action. So I'm not, I won't sound as angry because I'm actually doing something to move this change forward. It's all right now behind the scenes, but I'm working with multiple comedians. Many, many, there's a lot of people involved in what, what I'm doing. It's not just me. It's not even just me coming up with the ideas. There's a lot of people smarter, better, wiser, more established than me that are a part of it. You know? Yeah. But the change that I'm working to affect is for everyone. It isn't about me. It's about us. There was a collective us that has been silent for too long. Why shouldn't we fight for our rights? Why not? We definitely got the time. Why I've never not? seen... Huh? I said we definitely got the time. We have the time. And now is the time. Yeah. The time is right now. When are you going to get up and fight for yourself? When is that day going to come? Next week? I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it next week. No, it's now. While everyone is listening. Everyone, no, everyone is on... We have the, for the first time in history, the, the playing field is level. Ain't nobody working. <laughs> ain't, okay. Ain't, ain't no daycare. Ain't nothing. <laughs> right. There ain't shit right now. So guess what? While I have you here, you know, and I and I don't understand why so many comics fight against that. And it's nobody specific. That's like, well, I mean, there are specific people that have quote unquote come at me, but I'm not going to even acknowledge that. I don't. I don't. The level to which I don't care about anyone who disagrees, I can't even, here's, here's how much I don't care. The light from me caring would take billions of years to get to them. Like, that's how what? far from caring. <laughs> what? <laughs> what does that even mean? What? <laughs> exactly. That means that the light from caring mm -hmm. would take billions of years. It would take a million light years. That's how far from caring I am. And it's not because I don't care. It's because even though you don't support this movement right now, mm -hmm. once it's established, once it's flushed out and established, you will support it then. And guess what? You'll be welcome. That's the difference. You want to try to, you know, shun or whatever it is that, you know, certain folks are doing. Okay, cool. But you do know the world op is going to open up again. Well, and you're, you're, you're not going to have the choice but to see me again. It has to open up. I hope you know. so. I don't so, know. but just like I said, this is for everybody. Okay. okay. Um, um, let's put a pin in this. That way, we have something to come to talk about when we come back. When you come back, uh, real quick, let everybody know how to get in contact with you and um, social media wise, any particular links, shows. This is your this is your chance, Frankie. Go. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> oh, sure. So I, I have two shows, actually. My, one is debatable, hashtag debatable AF. All the information for that show you can find on Instagram at uh, debatable AF underscore live, L-I-V-E. And you can also follow us um, with that same uh, handle on, on Twitter as well. So at debatable AF underscore live. Okay. Uh, it's called uh, French Roast underscore live as well on Instagram and Twitter. Not a whole lot has gone on with that show. It's been kind of sporadic just because I've been focused on other things, but 
we're tightening that show up too. Um, and we have some network interest in it. So we're going to actually be tightening that up and we'll be back with that show on Friday. I'm going to tell you really quick right now. Now on Friday, July 3rd, will be the next show. So definitely follow uh, French Rose. Uh, French Rose underscore live on Instagram. I'll give you guys a quick just what the show is about. Basically, um, it's supposed to be done in real life, but since the world shut down, I just did it online. And mm -hmm. so basically, it's me and a team of comics on the dais, and I'm the host, and then we bring people on the show. So, Mike, if you have anyone you want to volunteer for the show, please do it. So you submit someone, you fill out a questionnaire about that person, and then we get all we all get together and surprise them live on a, a Zoom show with the roast. And then they, at the end, have the opportunity to try to roast us back. <laughs> so they don't even know anybody to get roasted. You just bring them on the show. Like if, if Randolph, Randolph could nominate you, let's say, or like let's say uh, Eddie Lyles nominated you, right? Right. So he would be like, hey, we can't now because now you know about it, but you can definitely get anybody you want with it if you want to. Mm -hmm. He would just say, hey, Mike, um, I'm – Frankie wants us to do her show. We're going to be roasting Nikki Moore. And you'd be like, oh, bet. Yeah, I'm down. Yeah. And then, you know, here's all the info to roast Nikki. Cool, bet. And then when you get there, I would be like, okay, and our next roastee has no clue that this is happening. And you're giggling the whole time, like, oh, should we bother roast Nikki? <laughs> and I'm like, ladies and gentlemen, meet Mike Brown. And then you're like, what? And then we burn you to the ground. And then you get the opportunity to fire back at us at the end. It's, it's really fun. We don't go deep and try to hurt people's life and talk about their dead parents or <laughs> shit like that. But, you know, we, we go in, and it's, it's really fun. We did one with um, Nikki's friend Lester, who's an older dude. Older, he tried comedy, failed really bad at it, but he's really fun and funny. So we got him. He had no clue, mm -hmm. and it was fantastic. And then he roasted us back at the end, and it was absolutely hilarious. A couple of weeks ago, though, we did a special episode roasting America, yeah. and that's where we raised almost a thousand dollars for the Black, um, Black Visions Collective, and some of it went to Unicorn Riot as well. So, yeah, we're doing some cool shit. Okay, okay, Frankie. Yo, I'm glad. Um, I'm glad you took some time out for me. I really appreciate you being on the podcast. Uh, of course. This this is a treat. Uh, most definitely, like I said, uh, definitely going to have you back. Uh, don't go anywhere. Uh, everybody, Frankie French, one more time, y'all clap it up for her. I got to get my sound effects. I've never had my sound effects ready. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, yeah, <laughs> everybody clap it up for Frankie French one more time, and we'll be right back on the Omar Radio Podcast. And we're back. Uh, back, back, back. Y'all clapping y'all hands. That was the homegirl, Frankie French. Miss Debatable as French. The, the F and AF, the debatable AF, the F doesn't stand for French, though. It stands for another another thing. Whatever. It's cool. Uh, did y'all enjoy yourselves? Y'all enjoy that interview? I, I enjoyed myself. Let me, she, um, we did, I, I just talked to her online, um, offline, while I was on the commercial break. And I, I, I keep saying it's a block party. I don't know if it's a block party. I hope it's a block party. I watched a lot of Insecure. I don't know, man. But, um... <laughs> I've, I've literally watched a lot of Insecure. Shout out to uh, Lawrence. Hopefully, by the time y'all hear this, y'all, I'm not spoiling anything. Um, condola. Condola scares me. Anyway, uh, thank y'all for listening to another side of episode of My Radio Podcast. Uh, make sure you follow us all on uh, My Radio Podcast or... Why do I not know my social media stuff? Open My Radio RR 
on um, Twitter. Follow me on Omite Radio Podcast on Instagram. Omite B757 on Twitter. Um, you had any comments, questions uh, about the shows? Uh, I, I read them all at the season finale shows. Email me at Omite Radio Podcast at gmail.com. All of that information is going to be inside of the uh, inside of the episodes as well. Plus, fo- uh, su- follow and subscribe. Like and subscribe. Um, my new YouTube channel, Old Might Be 757, was Old Might Be on YouTube. Um, extra content, hashtag content, hashtag promote Mike B. Get my album, hashtag promote Mike B. You all have been great. And um, yeah, Charity, you know what it is. Hey, it's your girl, Charity Sade. When I'm not hosting Comedical Relief at Wonderland Ballroom, you can catch me listening to the Open Mic Radio Podcast.